0: This is Brain Diet, a life coaching podcast, episode number 86. I'm Taylor Ann Macy, and you are listening to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain good information. Hi, friends. How are you? Welcome to this episode of Brain Diet. I want to teach you today about rules versus tools. When you think of rules, would you consider yourself a rule follower? Do you like rules? How do you feel about rules? I think I am more inclined to like rules, and I like to be a rule follower. My husband, Ben, on the other hand, doesn't really refer to quote-unquote rules He approaches things based on how he wants to get his end result. When we went on our first date, almost seven years ago now, I think it is, we had gone to a pizza place and no one was at the front desk to take our name down so that we could wait for a table and all of that. And so I thought, okay, we are going to sit here and we are going to wait for someone else to tell us what to do. Whereas my husband, Ben, at the time said, well, no, why don't we just write our name down? Or why don't we just go find someone? And for me, Because it was him taking action and I was more inclined to be like, well, just wait for someone to tell us what to do. It was a little bit interesting to be like, what? Don't just write our name down. Don't just like take the upper hand. We have to wait for someone else to tell us what to do. (laughs) And Ben at the time, it wasn't that he was trying to rebel against a rule. If someone had come to the desk and been like, oh, don't please don't write your name down, Ben would have uh, apologized and said, oh, sorry, I just was trying to be helpful. I wanted us to get our table sooner. I don't know if that would have done it, but you know, he was just trying to take action to achieve a result and he wasn't as rule oriented. He just knew what he wanted and thought, how can I use what I know to get it? So thinking back to my behavior and how I was so rule oriented at the time, it shows me now that I fell into the category of rule-oriented. So there are two categories that I want to talk about today. And the first is rule-oriented. People that fall into this category are the rule followers and the rule breakers. This means that anyone that follows or breaks rules is deferring to authority. It assumes that someone else has the authority as to what should be done in a certain situation. Behavior that defers to authority is using a point of reference that is something or someone else outside of them. So whether you follow the rule or break the rule, you aren't the one making the rules. Therefore, you are in a rule-oriented space. And people that are in this rule-oriented category, based on what decision that they make, it's usually labeled as good or bad relative to the person that set the rule. Think about when you were growing up in school. If you followed the rules in school, you were rewarded with extra free time or something. And if you broke the rules, you were punished in some way. Maybe you didn't get free time, or maybe there was some extra work involved. When you defer to authority, to teachers, to other figures in your life, based on the decision that you make, it is then deemed It was a good decision or a bad decision. And perhaps people take it a step further and I am bad, I am good if I make a certain choice. So being in the rule-oriented category is something that starts in childhood because we aren't quite emotionally developed enough. Our emotional maturity is lacking. As children, we defer to authority because we don't really know what to do otherwise quite yet. I refer to this state as emotional childhood, okay? So this isn't having an emotional childhood. This is your emotional maturity as being childlike, meaning you still have patterns and behaviors from your childhood despite now being a grown adult. So for me sitting in that restaurant, my pattern was wait for someone to tell me what to do. I was in a state of emotional childhood. I could take this definition a step further and say Emotional childhood is when we don't take responsibility for the way we feel. We blame everything else for how we feel and for our results. We blame things outside of us. We don't take responsibility. This is emotional childhood. Most of us live here. Most of us are in a state of emotional childhood. We think that things outside of us cause how we feel. We think that things outside of us are responsible for the results that we get in our lives because we aren't taught otherwise. But operating from the same emotions and behaviors and thinking that everything else determines how you feel in your life and your results in your life, when you do this, just like you did when you were a child, it keeps you stagnant in your growth and it keeps you stagnant in your emotional capacity. So if we still have elements of this emotional childhood in our minds and in our experience in our lives, nothing is wrong. It's just a new idea that you can now be aware of. Wait a minute. I am responsible of how I feel. I create how I feel with how I think. No one outside of me can make me feel anything. And no one outside of me can cause a result for me because I create my results. Isn't that great news? The way that I like to think about emotional childhood is I shopped at Nike for a long time. (laughs) And even when my husband and I were first married, we would go to the Nike outlet. I love Nike so much. And I thought everything that I got was like awesome. And at the time, it was. It was all I knew. Then... I was introduced to Lululemon. If any of you have not been there, have not tried anything from there, that is the promised land. (laughs) But when I was shopping at Nike, I didn't even know that there was something better out there. So I can't blame myself for not knowing, right? So now I will still get some Nike stuff, but I'm aware of what Lululemon has to offer. This is how we can relate to this idea of emotional childhood. Once you know, wait a minute, maybe I'm responsible for how I feel. Maybe there is something better than thinking I'm just a victim to my life. Maybe it's true that I create how I feel with the way that I'm thinking and that I can create whatever result that I want based on myself and not based on the circumstances that I have in my life. Think about children when they are afraid. When my son in the middle of the night is scared of the dark, he comes to me for comfort. He needs mom in order to feel safe, and nothing is wrong with that. As an adult, if he believes he is dependent... On mom in order to feel better when he's afraid of the dark, he'll be reliant on something outside of himself in a way that might disempower him. When you believe you need something outside of you to feel better, you create a lot of work for yourself. But as an emotional adult, you can have the feeling of being afraid of the dark and be able to be your own comfort and safe place. It's perfectly okay to have it come up like, oh, I want my mom, but an emotional adult can hold space for that. And instead of being graspy and in a rush to get the mom, you can be able to comfort that part of yourself that is in that space of emotional childhood that thinks it needs something outside of you to feel better. You determine how you feel with how you think. And if you are feeling afraid, it's coming from your own brain and you have the capacity to take care of yourself. So in terms of rules, think about rules that you have in a house. When I was growing up, it was a rule for us that we had to make our bed every day. And when I had gotten to college, I had a roommate that didn't make her bed every day. And at the time, I was so confused as to why they wouldn't follow the rule. I was like, wait, that that's just a standard rule across the world. Why wouldn't you follow it? <laughs> and of course, I learned that was just a rule in our house. It didn't mean that everybody had it. And it didn't mean that a person was right or wrong if they made their bed or didn't make their bed. It was just something that I thought was true and a sign of goodness. And in reality, it wasn't. It was just an action that you could make mean whatever you wanted to make it mean. So that's the rule-oriented category. It is a little bit more childlike and can serve us in some ways, but oftentimes it can keep us stagnant. The second category is tool-oriented. When a person is tool-oriented, there's no rebellion in this category. So again, going back to that restaurant idea with my husband, he wasn't rebelling. He wasn't trying to rebel against authority by being like, I'm going to write our name in the thing. He was just saying, okay, I have, I have this information in front of me. No one's here. And I want to push ourselves further to getting a table. How can I use that information and try to achieve this result? And so he tried to put our name in the book. When you are tool oriented, you are the overall authority figure in your life. And then you consciously choose other authority figures. I think as children, we are inclined to just trust. We are inclined to trust adults. Like from a a very young age, we just assume that adults are the authority figure. And when you come into this tool-oriented category, you get to decide, who do I want to be an authority in my life? And who do I not care to have as an authority figure? Who do I not want to listen to in terms of what I should do? A tool-oriented person sees things as tools to help you instead of simply rules to follow. They also don't give themselves labels based on what choice they make. So you aren't bad or good depending on what choice you make when you are tool-oriented. You're simply using something to try and achieve a desired result. People that are tool-oriented operate in a state of emotional adulthood. So contrary to being an emotional child, an emotional adult is able to comfort that childlike part of themselves that still wants to perpetuate patterns that you established when you were a child, but an emotional adult takes full responsibility for how they feel. No matter what someone says or does, we take the control and we don't blame. When you are an emotional adult, you don't blame people or outside circumstances for how you feel. We don't blame people or outside circumstances for results that you get in your life. Now, when it comes to bed making, making of the bed, I don't use that because it's a rule that I operated by in my childhood. I use it now as a tool to start my day off well and to feel cleaner in my house. (laughs) Bed making is something that I do to achieve the result of having an organized home. Not because I am a good person or a bad person if I make it or don't make it. It's because I have a desired result, and so I use that tool to achieve it. Think about in a marriage also. I am married to my husband, Ben, and it's not like there is a rule in the universe that just because we signed a contract that we would be married to one another that I can't go and have sex with someone else. (laughs) However, I use it as a tool to achieve the desired result that I want in my relationship. I don't go and have sex with other people because I want to have a deep connection with just my husband. I want him to be my guy, my number one. And I want to use the idea of not being with other people as a tool to create the result that I want in my relationship. There are people in the world that are polyamorous, that they might be committed to a person, but they might have you know various levels of intimacy with other people. And the reason that that can work for people is because they use what they want to use as tools to create the results that they want to create. Being monogamous or being polyamorous doesn't make a person good or bad. They're just choices that people make based on the results they want to create in their life. And when you can consciously choose to use things as tools to create results in your life, that's when you become the authority figure instead of just being the person that defers to authority, right? And oftentimes when we are in that rule-oriented category, we can resent the rule makers, quote unquote. We can resent the people that we think are setting the rules for us, whether it's the government when it comes to marriage or religion or, I don't know, people that we respected when we were growing up. Those were just people that might have been making suggestions or trying to teach us in some way. But at the end of the day, when we get to choose what rules, quote unquote, we want to live our life by and to use them instead as tools to create the life that we want to create, There's so much more power in that to decide I'm the one choosing this, not because someone set the rule and I have to follow it. Yeah. So think about weight loss now. When it comes to weight loss, I recommend being tool oriented. There are no rules to weight loss. Did you know this? There are no like rules and laws in the universe to weight loss. There are just tools that you can use in order to achieve your desired results. Planning your food, like I teach on this podcast, that's not a rule. It's just a tool to use. Eating what you plan is not a rule either. It's just a tool. Making decisions about how you choose to eat is not a rule. This is why when people call food choices cheat meals, I can safely guess that there's some emotional childhood playing out because they've set up rules for themselves and are viewing certain decisions as rebellion and therefore being wrong. And a lot of times when people will approach weight loss, they will use what someone has told them at one point or something they've seen on the internet as a rule. And if they don't follow it, then something is wrong with them or they have made a mistake or that they have rebelled in some way. And so that's why they call it cheat meals because they're rebelling against the rules that someone in the universe that they believe happened to have set, right? But there's no such thing as a cheat meal. Did you know this? There's just food that goes in your mouth. There's just a series of choices that you make with what food goes through your mouth. And whatever those choices are, whatever you choose to eat at any time, they do not make you good or bad. Those choices are not good or bad. And they say nothing about you as a person. They are just decisions. And you get to decide what they mean about you. The same thing is true for tracking macros. Tracking macros, it's not a rule. It's not something that is set hard and fast by the universe. It's just a tool that you can use. It's information that gives you an advantage in knowing what you're putting into your body. It's not that you win a reward if you track every gram of something. It just helps you know to be more in authority of what do I want to choose? Who do I want to trust in terms of weight loss information and health and macro information? All of these things you can't ever break. You can't break these things like you would break a rule, they are just decisions planning, eating what you planned, making those food choices. All of these things are just tools to see inside your mind and open up to what's happening in there. In fact, when you plan your food and don't follow through is usually when you can foster the most growth because you can start to see why you made that decision and what you think about that reason for making that decision and start to untangle that a little bit and understand yourself more so that then you can make a different, more informed choice the next time. For example, when people eat, So, that they don't have to feel stressed, a fascinating opportunity. Like, okay, maybe I planned to eat these things and I didn't. I wonder why. It's because I had a childhood belief that food solves for emotions. So fascinating. So, as an adult, when you can step into that place of emotional adulthood, you can soothe and comfort that stress as if it were a child, as if that child part of you is experiencing stress. As an adult, you have the ability to comfort that part of yourself. You don't need something outside of you to feel better. You can solve for it all internally. Then you don't have to deal with the back end consequences of eating too much food. Think about construction. Having tools when you're building something makes it so much easier. And there are so many construction tools in the world. It's not breaking a rule to not use tools in whatever you're building. It would just yield a different outcome. Baking is the same way. Recently, earlier this year, I got a new KitchenAid and I have made bread both with a KitchenAid and without a KitchenAid. It's just a different process, a different outcome. It's not that one way is right over the other. It's just utilizing different tools to achieve a result. So how I like to think about tools is how can I use these to give myself some extra help today? How can I use the idea of planning or of eating what I planned or paying attention to my mind? How can I use any of that to just help myself today? Not because I have to and not because anyone is telling me to but because it's like I want to knead bread in a kitchen Aid instead of by hand today. It's just a decision that I want to make to achieve a desired result. Rules can feel exhausting. I remember years ago, someone telling me that I should alternate days with lifting weights and running. And for some reason, that stuck in my head as a rule, that that was like the rule for perfect health for whatever reason. And there were days where my body needed to rest, but I didn't let it because I gave power to this rule. I exhausted myself. I was like, well, this person must be right. This must be the rule of how I can achieve exactly what I want to. Therefore, I need to do it exactly this way. But was that the hard and fast rule of perfect health, whatever that means? No, <laughs> absolutely not. If there were a like golden rule for perfect health, there would be so many people on planet Earth that would have achieved it. But we don't even know what perfect health is, let alone how to achieve it, because every body literally is different. It's a matter of figuring out your own rules based on what you try and what results you want to achieve. Tools, however, feel energizing. Tools are things to help us get toward what we want. And for some reason, we tend to have this attachment to rules beyond what is helpful. Like, if I follow them, then I am a good person. And if I don't, then I am a bad person. But if you have a rule and you don't follow it, what do you make that mean about you as a human? And what if you're wrong about that? If it's something painful, what if you're wrong? What if there is no such thing as a rule and you just get to decide what you want to use as tools in your life to achieve your desired results? Rules can be really helpful. In any sports event, you know, they help keep athletes safe and it standardizes all of the games that are being played. It helps to be rule-oriented in board games. It holds everybody to the same standard so then when someone wins it's because everyone was essentially held to the same standard this last weekend my family was playing rummy cube and my son grabbed all of the tiles that had fours on them because he's four years old and he was being more tool oriented where he was like i want to get all the fours so i'm just going to turn over all of the tiles and just get them (laughs) But being more rule-oriented would have been required for him to be judged against our games and the results that we created. So again, it doesn't mean anything was wrong or that he was bad or good. He was just being more tool-oriented. But in board games, if we want to know who is the true winner, especially in our family when we get so competitive about it, we have to abide by the rules. (laughs) At the end of the day, though, what if we just get to decide when we want to abide by rules? At the end of the day, what if we get to decide what we want our rules to be and when we want them to be them? Just because someone told you once something about exercise, something about food, it does not mean that it is a rule. There are no rules to fitness and to weight loss. You get to experiment with the things that people tell you and the things that you read. Use them as tools and see what works for you and use those as an opportunity to look inside your mind and to examine everything that's going on in there. So decide when you want to be rule-oriented in your life versus tool-oriented. If it's painful when you don't perfectly utilize a tool, question what you're making it mean about yourself if you don't follow it and question whether or not you might be wrong. So if you are stuck in rule-oriented and you want to get more into tool-oriented and to be that authority figure in your life, I can help you. If you are interested in that, you can apply for a free consultation with me at the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, and I will talk to you soon.